have to get excited about what we have the potential of coming into. And if we go into that potential, you know, and we're only half present, it's not going to be as good as it could be. The things I've seen in the future, lots of options. You're, you're right about, there's a concept in science called superposition, mm. which states everything exists in all possible conditions, right. in all possible states. So you could tweak your world to be anything you want, however you want it to be. But if, you, if all you're doing is reacting and you're not creating consciously, then you lose a lot of power and there's a lot of distortion in the in what you end up with yeah you get excited about the possibilities of our future think deeply about things think for yourself about things don't just swallow what's coming down the media pike um, that is just not going to be helpful um, you know what what sort of financial system do you think would make sense what sort of meta and if you've never worked in finance maybe you're not interested in that maybe you're interested in gardening what sort of food system do you think would make sense what would make you secure same with medicine same with education same with transportation communication etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, we have to start investing in our future and it starts with a little bit of time and thinking so begin you got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just bad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? If you feel like that's what you want to do. Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. So great to be with you again. And look who I've got back on the show, the magnificent, magnetic, inspirational. <laughs> She's going to hate all this. <laughs> Humble. Penny Kelly. Welcome back to the show, Penny. It's so great to have you back on the show. Welcome. It is good to be here. Now. Uh, you've got a quite a big following on the internet. I don't know if everyone watching the show has seen you before, but if you haven't, I'll read out um, Penny's bio and all the books that you've written. But last time we spoke, I spoke to you more about your contact modality, your psychic abilities, your life journey. And um, we could go into that. Like we, I could talk to you about that all day because you've experienced so many things. There's only, you know, I've been supporting and, and sponsoring New World Teachers for like over 20 years. And there's only a handful of people that have had the most extraordinary lives. It blows my mind. And you're one of them. And so oh. I could talk to you about your extraordinary experiences. But in saying that, we're going to discuss a couple of books today. The, the latest one which is consciousness number four, Trump the Sting, The Catastrophe Cycle and Consciousness, and Robes, A Book of Coming Changes. One was written recently, one was written, well, it was written about 20 years ago, but the information came about 40 years ago, right? That's true, yeah. 1980, 81, and then it was published in 96 or 7, 
so what is that 20 years 97 to 2017 yeah. it's 20 over 20 years wow and <laughs> time, actually, flies. time flies and what makes me think is um you know that information that came 40 years ago is so yeah. relevant today because it is talking about the future and here we are in the future yeah um let me just read your bio for people that don't that don't know you. Okay, Penny Kelly is a writer, teacher, author, publisher, researcher, consultant, and naturopathic physician and director of Lily Hill Farm. Penny teaches courses in development, intuition, and the gifts of consciousness, getting well again naturally, and organic farming. She maintains a worldwide counselling and coaching practice, travels widely to speak and teach, and raises organic vegetables, chicken and beef. I'm actually so envious of you being on the farm. I'm in the big smoke. <laughs> so uh. I'm craving to get on the land. But anyway, she was an engineer for Chrysler Corporation in Detroit, leaving in 1979 to study the brain, consciousness, intelligence, intuition, perception and cognition. This led to her work uh, with both schools of, and corporations as uh, an educating consultant specialising in accelerated brain compatibility learning techniques. Penny holds a degree in humanistic studies from Wayne State University and a degree in naturopathic medicine. She's the mother of four children and has co-written or edited over 23 books with others and has written seven of her own books. Is it seven or eight now? I think it's eight now. The Evolving Human, The Elves of Lily Hill Farm, which we talked about last time on the show. Yeah. I just love it. Robes, A Book of Coming Changes, which we're going to discuss today. Getting Well Again Naturally from the Soil to the Stomach. Consciousness and Energy, Volume 1, 2, 3, and 4. Uh, all of them are different. One, Multidimensionality and the Theory of Consciousness, New Worlds and Energy, History and Consciousness. And then the last one, which is Trump, The Sting, The Catastrophe Cycle and Consciousness. So in the last book, you kind of have a bit of a revelation because you were told about stuff by the little men in brown robes mm -hmm. 40 years ago, which you kind of paid no attention to. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. A group of little men turn up in your kitchen. They're about, what, five foot, I think you said, in brown robes. They Most of like, them around five feet. Did they have hair? Um. Some of them, most of them are bald, but some of them had this little ring of white. Okay. So they look like friar monks, like little short friar monks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Except they glowed. They were so bright. They were absolutely, they looked otherworldly, which really bothered me at the time. I, I know. I, it just astounds me that you'd have these little men show up in your house and they'd tell you all this stuff and you'd kind of go, eh, humbug. <laughs> yeah uh, well I, I wasn't in I wasn't into metaphysics I wasn't into anything uh, at the time I would just you know I was in love and I was putting a new house together and I, I mean little man in brown robes it's like not you again <laughs> so and the fact that they showed me all the stuff about the future um, I did not appreciate that. I didn't want to see. I didn't want to know. And you know what surprised me was when they came back 11 years later and said, write that stuff down. And I'm like, no, I don't like that kind of book. 
I was into romance novels. Um, <laughs> they, um, I was surprised at how much of what they said was right there. Well, and yeah. one thought, I, I thought maybe they were feeding me information, reminding me, you know, as I went from one scene, because all this was telepathic, I went yeah. from one scene to the next. They were all connected. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, uh, last time we spoke, I hadn't, re I hadn't read Robes. And I kept saying to myself, I've got to read that book. I've got to read that book. I've got and I didn't, and I didn't, and I didn't. And then I read it like recently. And I was like, oh, my God, I was, I'm blown away by, by this book. I've got so many things to say. But, you know, a couple of the, just to, talking about the process of it, I'm blown away at the process because they'd turn up and then they'd say, we want to show you stuff. And you'd go, oh, okay. And then you'd sit down and close your eyes and then they'd give you this vision. And you said right. in the book, because I love sort of talking about our psychic ability because as I say, you're one of the most extraordinary people I've met in 20 years of sponsoring New World Teachers. But I do believe that what you can do is what we all can do and are moving into right. one day, right? And so yes. we talk about this stuff like it's like so out there, but it's actually where we're going. It's like it's right. who we are and where we're going. So you had this vision, but you said that seeing the vision, it's like you were there. Even though you're sitting on your couch in the living room with your eyes, you were actually yeah. in the vision. Like you yeah. were there. It was like so 3D. It's almost like the 3D things that we have today where we feel like we're actually in it. Right? That's true. Yeah. In many cases, I was actually in it. And we walked around in those visions in those places and i still get goosebumps remembering the power of that um it was extraordinary and i didn't appreciate it at the time but when i look back at how much detail was included in their their you know they're walking around they're narrating what's actually happening the, deal with is what you need to be aware of this what you could create out of this mess and that was their way of operating through that whole two years when they kept appearing yeah so it was over a period of yeah from about i think they first showed up at the end of 79 until about 82 wasn't it like yeah i think um 79 80 and 81 by 82 um, I wasn't seeing them anymore. Right. So, and I was greatly relieved because I had so much other stuff. My life just fell apart. Um, you know, and you're trying to keep yourself together the best way you can. But I look back and it really fell apart and I lost everything. I lost everything and I lost everybody. And I almost lost my mind in the process. And it was really my engineering background and my love of science that um you know we're having a few um audio difficulties but we're going to soldier on because they're going to um the little men in brown robes are going to fix them <laughs> someone's going to fix it uh okay. okay so what was really interesting to me too as a naturopathic physician myself and giving no credence to that because when i studied naturopathy i i left five years full-time study and thought right that was the beginning i need to look into this more and to sort of moved through energy healing and then came around to consciousness and 
I just reading your story about how you really wanted to be a doctor. Um, so you had this calling to be a healer. And in our society, in our, you know, in our times, a healer is a doctor and a doc and you go to university and stuff. But that didn't pan out for you uh, because of certain things. But right. you went, you, you know, you did do the naturopathy thing. So you always say, I'm a um, physician of naturopathy. You wear that badge with pride and I never actually even tell anybody on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Because, um, yeah, sorry, go on. It, you can't, pra I can't practice here in Michigan because it's not a recognized form of medicine. So I can teach, but that's it. So I teach people, this is what you have to do to heal yourself. Yeah. These are the things you have to take into consideration. Yeah. And it's enough because in the long run, you have to heal yourself. Yes. Nobody's really going to do that for you. They can guide you along your own path to healing. Yeah. They can encourage, they can support, but you have to do the work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, as I studied consciousness, which we're going to talk about in depth today, um, I realized that the mind and the frequencies have so much more power over what we do in life. And naturopathy was all about what we're doing, you know, what we're eating and this and what exercise. It's like a very action orientated, like most things in life. And we have to do because we're human, right? We're, we're in physical bodies. So doing eating, it's a part of life. But are we doing it in a in a certain consciousness like are we you know what are we how are we thinking while we're doing you know when when we're uh -huh. eating or when we're exercising or whatever we're doing you know it's the consciousness we're doing it is that makes all the difference right it does and i think this is something that is really important in terms of understanding the nature of reality everybody is the sphere of frequencies everybody and everything your food is a bunch of frequencies your drink you know everything in your house is a bunch of frequencies those frequencies are what are conscious those are conscious and so your consciousness is kind of a com compilation of all those frequencies so when you bring food in, you're adding or subtracting from the frequencies that you already are. And hopefully there's enough minerals in what you're eating, because minerals build structure. Those minerals also provide emotions and feelings and all kinds of stuff that's very subtle. Um, you know, for, I like to use magnesium as an example. If you don't have enough magnesium in your system, you don't want to be touched. So um, minerals, if your food doesn't have any minerals in it, then those minerals carry very powerful frequencies. And when you eat those, hopefully they're gonna bring your own system back in tune and strengthen the frequencies in your own system of magnesium or calcium or whatever, iron. Um, and that's what makes you have energy. That's what keeps you alive and well. And I think we don't think of food that way. We think we have to have a certain attitude toward food. And it's really, we have to be aware of what's the attitude of the food that we're taking in. And, and is it compatible with what we are? Because we are a pile of frequencies. That's mm -hmm. all there is to it.
<clears throat> which you actually go into uh, in, in the robe. You know, apart from being a book of coming changes, there's so much teaching in robes. I want to say yeah. to people, if you haven't got this book and you're a fan of Penny Kelly, I mean, all the books are amazing, but this one blew my mind. I haven't read all your books. I've read a few of them. Uh, right. Yeah, and it blew my mind that this information came in, you know, 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, there's just so much teaching. You, you know, you could do a study group just on the teaching in that book. You've sort of packed it all in there. I think that what you've probably done with, with robes is that you've sort of touched on everything that you talk about in consciousness and energy, one, two, three, four, you've touched on it in robes and then yeah. you've expanded on it in the other books, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. They introduced all that information. And then my work with Dr. Levengood took it deep because I spent 15 years working with plasma physics with uh, Levengood. And we didn't know it was plasma physics at first, but yeah. it turned out that all the stuff that we were doing was like, oh, when we figured out or, you know, came to the conclusion, this is plasma. Then it yeah. was like, wow. Okay, so this is how plasma behaves. This is what you can do with it. This is what it does, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, there's, and, and then, you know, all of it started to come together. I really got curious finally after what, almost 20 years, like, okay, why was I fighting this? What was my problem? <laughs> so, life, it's called life, survival, yeah. marriage, love, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I know. It's distracting, right? I have to say, there's the younger generation. Oh, they're amazing. All the people that I hang out with, they're not as distracted as maybe my generation, our generation. Um, I think yeah. maybe because times are a little easier, maybe, I don't know. But there's so many things that I've written down and I want to read out a couple of them. Okay, go ahead. Head long and hard for this lifetime. We're here only to help you succeed. It is essential that the humans here recognize the need for reconnection to themselves and to the earth. The structures of your civilization are too fragile. In the face of ongoing natural disasters, there is a danger that all progress will be lost, either through the disasters outright or through wars over suddenly shrunken resources that create their own disasters. If this happens, you will return to several primitive conditions and may not reach either the group soul or civilized goals, civilizational goals you have all set out to achieve together. So this is very much the sort of <clears throat> theme of the robes books. They're teaching you, but they're also warning us. Yeah. And um, uh, in, in Consciousness and Energy Book 4, you've kind of laid it all out, haven't you? Like um, where, where we went wrong. And... Mm, do you want to discuss? Keep going. <laughs> Keep well, going. <laughs> I just couldn't read the first half of that book because uh, as somebody who understands the power of focus, I didn't want to focus on where we went wrong. Like I get it. We went wrong. Corruption, unbelievable corruption. Uh, I get it. But what I want to focus on personally is what can we do to move forward, not like where we've been and what went wrong. What yes. made you put it all down like that to me? I would want to read this book in a hundred years as a, as like, what did those humans do? How did they manage to do that as a sort of like interest topic? 
but because we're in the thick of it, it's just too like real, you know, like, it's, yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it came together the way that it did because that's how it came to me. I had this whole background of information, all these pieces with because I didn't know where they fit. So I'm in 2017, I'm watching what's going on with the government. Going, oh my God. Oh my God. You know, every other day there was something that I thought that's not, that's not going to work or that. And, and so I was watching Trump put people into positions of power that I knew those people were corrupt. Right. And, and, and so I thought Trump isn't doing anything different. So I'm watching and I'm watching their care. In November of 2017, November 1st, I was on the internet and I was, what do you call that? Browsing around. Surfing. <laughs> and I, yeah. And I happened to cross this one video and I have no idea why I was moved to click on that because it wasn't the kind of thing that I watched ever, ever. Mm. <laughs> I hardly ever got on the internet to do that sort of thing. And I never looked at YouTube hardly at all. But this particular day, um, you know, call it Providence or whatever, I, I click on this one video and there's this message that appears to be um, really different different in a deep sense that, you know, starts out, my dear Americans, um, no doubt you are going to begin to see that we're taking our great country back. So, my dear Americans, mm -hmm. by this time, you no doubt are understanding that we are going to take back our great country. So I'm like, who's writing stuff like this? And I started following, I started looking, it was a long story, but it's in the book. The story is actually in the book. And, um, and so I began to realize that what Trump was doing was putting people into positions of power where he could watch them. And he had his own group of people watching very carefully and they were getting firsthand evidence, first-hand video, first-hand audio, that there was something really rotten going on. And, and so this whole thing, long about January, I discovered, I realized this is a sting. I was trying to sort things out in my own mind, thinking, what is this about? What's happening here? And it was in January where I sat down to write this, um, I was just going to list all of the factors that were, that I was trying to organize in my own mind. So I had some clarity. And when I started making these lists and writing little paragraphs and little notes, all of a sudden it became a whole essay, a 32 page note to self that I realized was that we had been set up, that there was a trickster set up going on, uh, or and a lot of people don't know what a trickster set up it, it what it is. But um, a good analogy would be having to kiss the frog, 
in order to um, discover the prince. And, and it's not quite the same, but we here on the planet, especially in the US, had to elect somebody outside the box as a signal to consciousness that said, hey, we see what's going on. We're not going along with it. We don't know what else we can do, but we're gonna do something different. We don't know if this is a good move. We don't know if it's a bad move. We don't know what the outcome will be, but we can't keep going along the path that we're going. So at that fork in the road, we chose to go with Trump. And, and then, then there was, the media was attacking, still is. The media has been ruthless. Um, and, and, and I thought there after a while, like, what is the matter with those people in the media? They're not, they're not accepting this guy as our president. They're continuing to make uproar. And so the whole thing continued. And by, uh, that was January when I wrote this first essay called Trump and the Sting. And I got it all, you know, so I understood and I thought, well, you know, maybe somebody else would be interested in this. So I prettied it up, I edited it, so it flowed a little bit better. And I put it on the internet for $3 or $4, something like that. And it outsold all my books. I was like, oh my gosh, people are interested. So then I ended up, um, a whole year goes by and I'm watching and I'm watching and I'm waiting and I'm thinking, I don't know if this is going to end well. Um, and so at that point, um, lots of people were writing saying, hey, could you give us another update? What's going on behind the scenes? And so I sat down to write um, in, I think it was in February of this year. And I was just going to write a little sequel, maybe another 30 pages. And I I think about 90 some pages in, I thought, oh, wow, I'm still, I'm not out of things to say. And at that point, um, realized I was actually writing a book. So I took the first part, Trump and the Sting, and I wove that in to make a complete story so that, you know, people could get the whole picture. And my fear was that people would not see what was really going on and that they would be led down the merry path into, I don't know, into what? Into socialism? I don't, socialism, I don't like socialism, but is it bad? Is it something else, is, you know, it, into, a, uh, into leadership that was not trustworthy, not honorable, had no integrity, and did not have our best interests and everything that we, stood for as a people was out the window. And so that was how Trump and the Sting number four, volume four came about. And so I'm dealing with all of that. And then in, I think it was December, it was the end, it was December 1st or something like that, December 5th, um, we got word that my first husband, who was the father of all my children, had this massive cancer and um and so we're all dealing with that and between all of the uproar going on in the u.s and then all the uproar going on in my own family and then he died on christmas eve 19 days into the diagnosis it was 
I was just like, oh my gosh. And I went looking for something to entertain me <laughs> on YouTube. And, you know, I was, I thought, well, I'll look at some of my favorite math and science channels. And, um, and I found this video about ice ages, the true cause of ice ages. And that was when I, the whole focus shifted from what was going on in the U.S. with Trump to, oh my God, what is coming at us in terms of our solar system and what is our science saying? And uh, that just blew me out of the water. And it was when I started to study that and looking for flaws, looking for some kind of flaw in the thinking. Um, and all I found was more and more corroboration for this solar catastrophe cycle that we're right at the end of that cycle. Um, the only thing that we have going for us is that maybe the timing is off a little bit, but this appears to be a regular uh, cycle. So much I wanted to say about that. Um, because, you know, reading your book and talking about consciousness and uh, you say in the book, you know, everything is conscious and That's you can true. communicate with it. And, and you are someone who communicates with many forms of consciousness like the elves and little brown men in robes and the, and the earth itself. And, but we can also That's communicate right. with planets, right? Because they're conscious as well. Like Mother Gaia, we can communicate with her and we can mm -hmm. communicate with the sun, another conscious being. So, right. um, you know, she might be about to vomit some, you, you know, thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it destroys all life on human on on planet Earth. But then we could chat to her about that. Like, is that really what you want to do? <laughs> it's like, what do you want from us to not do that? Yeah. When I had that conversation with the sun, and was trying to express my dismay at what what I had learned about the sun. Excuse me. There was this um you know, a couple of embarrassing moments because she, because I was trying to get her to delay her cleansing process. This turned out to be a cleansing process right. for the right. sun. And her response was, well, are you telling me you don't want me to take care of myself? Isn't that what you teach? You take care of yourself first? And I was just unable to come up with a good response to that so other than well no 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 that's not what i'm saying uh but but um you know what what are we going to do what can we do here and, and she just said one word and then the communication shot off and that one word was prepare and i thought okay i don't know i haven't the faintest clue how to prepare for something that massive how long so, ago did you chat with her? Um, it's probably been about a year. Oh, so it was recently. So uh, this is, yeah, because okay. I didn't find out until last December. Um, it hasn't even been a year since I found out. And I think it was in February or March that I was outside because it was still cold out and it was very frosty. And I just was, I was feeding my chickens and I thought, you know, I'm looking at the sun peeking through the clouds and I just stopped to say, hey, you know, uh, I need to talk to you, et cetera. So it's not that long ago. 
Yeah, I'm getting so much information about that uh, from a different. Yeah, from a variety of groups. Um, so you said to she, you she said to you, you don't want me to cleanse myself. Isn't that what you teach people? Yeah. But cleansing, but cleansing yourself doesn't necessarily mean uh, destroying something. You know, destroying something else. Like cleansing yourself doesn't necessarily mean that your cleansing is going to destroy something else. But what they're just saying is no but you're in a cycle and we can use her, um, you know, regular cleansing for our benefit to, you know, to wipe out what's not working. Um, but, you know, everyone, so, so many people I've spoken to on the show have, especially people in your generation that have had amazing experiences maybe 50 years ago. So ETs came to them, took them on a ship and showed them different probable realities of planet, planet Earth angelic like Lorna Byrne who's this incredible angel lady from yeah. Ireland you know Lorna you know when I, she was I, a kid no, I think yeah when she was about 10 I think it was Michael Archangel Michael opened up this screen and then showed her these probable realities of planet earth so many people I've spoken to have had these experiences of this imminent destruction of planet earth um, not because it's on a destructive path but because of what we're doing what humanity is doing and um yes earth has its own cycles sorry hair's driving me crazy has its cycles <laughs> uh that it goes through but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to wipe out the human population you know we can work with it and well here's the thing here's mm. the thing i think we have to be real if we're not real then we're not going to survive we can do all kinds of stuff with consciousness but we're not very powerful we have to take action and in fact consciousness without action is a waste of consciousness and action without consciousness is a disaster so it's really important i think in some of my conversations with the elves and with some trees and with you know different people that are no longer here um, etc what what you begin to understand or what i've begun to understand is that there's a need and it's a need it's a real need to stop thinking that we have evolved enough to make something happen boom just like that we haven't so no, unless yeah. we get thousands of people all working together on the same thing at the same time so there's enough umpa there to make something happen we don't have a snowball's chance in hell to survive and when the planet when the sun is going to clean herself as a regular part of her own routine if we were a little smarter i think we would look at that we would have people working to see you know, where's the first wave, compression wave gonna hit? And can we move people out of that area? Where's the cloud, the dust cloud and the, the gravel and the boulders and asteroids gonna hit? How do we protect people in that area? The compression wave creates 2000 degrees Fahrenheit temperatures. That means that, you know, that a lot of people in that area are just gonna go, and they're done and so are their houses and their animals and their trees etc the evidence around the planet that that has happened over and over is everywhere 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's frightening when you see that, okay, all right, prepare. What do we do? What did the ancient Hopi Indians do? They moved underground. What did the people from, um, what is that place over in Turkey where they found all these underground cities? There's places on Malta, underground cities. The Cabal has been in cities for the last 55, 50 years. The cabal has been has been building underground underground, underground cities underground. for the last fifty years. They have known that this is an almost non-negotiable. Um, you know, we what are we doing? We're we're not paying attention. So the first way to prepare is pay attention. Well, the second way is perhaps to band together and say, well, what can we do as a group? Yeah, we're not paying attention because we are paying attention to surviving and, you know, getting, we're so caught up in how can I get what I want, which is funny because I wrote a book about it years ago. Yeah. And it's like, what I want is money, love, a good career. It's like, it's all about self, which is fine. That's been a part of the creative process of this planet. We've come right. here to understand ourselves as creators and, and we're self-focused. We're, you know, we're singularly focused. Right yeah i mean we're shifting from that consciousness of it's all about me to it's all about we and does, is it going to take a six mass extinction for us to get get with the program um just something i've written down here that from the book far too many of you too much power uh far too many of you too much power and responsibility is imagined to be outside yourself which is why many of the new leaders will Initially, be teachers and guides who will not appear within the structures of government, but who will lead you towards your own maturity. Yeah. I just, um, yeah, I just found so much. I can't remember which book that that's from, but yeah, yeah. that's from Robes. That's from Robes. Robes. They were talking about leadership and what a real leader looked like and how real leadership behaved. And basically they said the leader, whoever is good at something, rises up and manages, you know, some project until the project person melts back into the populace. They don't stay out there in front. They don't have to be the center of attention. They don't have to be controlling the whole show. Yeah, we lost you for a bit of that, but I'm not going to get you to repeat yourself. Every now and then we just turn this into is... this like robotic voice. But anyway, uh, okay. All right. <laughs> to help you make well, it the, 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 the basic message was that leadership comes forward, gets a job done, and then goes back into being an ordinary human being and doesn't have to be in in control. Doesn't have to be out there front, sent in front her. Well, center and front, <laughs> which is you know, front and center. But dovetailing with these two messages in the book, like they really work together. This whole Trump thing is all a part of the destruction. It's the destruction of what has been the old way. It's the destruction of the old way, which is about you know, it's the kings and the queens live in their palaces and they're adorned with their jewels and their robes and everybody. And politics is much the same, especially in America. I don't know. I think maybe whether American politicians get paid a fortune or not, they sort of, you know, you put them in the white house and they're just surrounded by luxury. Look at, look at that movie back in the day before John F. Kennedy was killed, like Jackie talking about the white house and going through this mansion and talking about the, 
riches of, right. you know, the leaders are put on this pedestal of jewels and material wealth. And we do that in our entertainment systems and, yep. you know, like all this money is spent on adorning ourselves with luxury and houses and yep. while two thirds of the population of planet Earth starves. It's so out of balance. Well, here's the it's thing. so out of balance. Yeah, but here's the thing. Keep this in mind when you look at how out of balance it is, because I've dealt with that a lot and have had to think through a lot. When you get to a, a point that you are able to see a bigger picture, what you realize is that the earth is a place where millions, billions of individual consciousnesses can come and have the experience they need. The equality that you hear talked about is neither desirable to the extent that people are desirable, nor is it useful for development in terms of consciousness. Yeah. Some yeah. people need to come and be poor as, as dirt. Some people need to come in into this reality and work hard and you know and be self-sufficient. Others come in for luxurious purposes, or to learn about authority. My husband, who died, um, you know, last December, was a policeman. Learning that you could have a gun, but you didn't really have any authority if you didn't have it inside of you. Yeah, the yeah. the authority was external, and he still didn't feel powerful. And I only know this because I've talked to him. He didn't feel powerful. It was the gun and the badge that made him feel powerful. And so he was learning what is the difference between real authority and the illusion of authority. Yes. And then there's people yes. who come to serve others. There's people who come to have very short lives so that they learn to take care of themselves in the next one. There's millions of possibilities and there's a richness here on this planet in this reality zone because there's other reality zones on this planet. But there's a richness here that you don't see in a lot of other places. So I, I absolutely agree with you, and that that's the beauty of the polarity of planet Earth, and in, in yeah. its extremes, it, you know, the polarization is extreme here, right? But this whole conversation about the shift, and then the coming changes, mm -hmm. if there is some solar flash or solar flare or some disaster, it's going to level the playing field. So there yeah. is an asking, you know, as we evolve technologically, intellectually. You know, that polarity is becoming even more extreme where the richer get richer and the poorer get poorer. And so there comes a time where it's just so out of balance that we've got to level that playing field. So we either do it through our emotional, intellectual technology, you know, consciousness technology, or it'll be done for us, right? It, it, it just has to be. Uh, a yeah. bit. <laughs> the balance is sort of. Yes, it's a play field where we can have that. We can be as poor as dirt and starve and die on the streets or we can be kings and queens. But Right. But um, here's the thing. It's not going to be done for us. We're going to do it to ourselves. I think we're already and doing we're going to learn yeah. what do you have to do in a, in a group reality, in a, in a reality zone in which you have 7 billion people 
who cares enough about this, that, or whatever to get involved and to really, oh, I need to run this phone some, <laughs> sorry. I should have taken that into the library before I got on the, on the computer with you. Um, so I think we have to look at, um, it's not, I mean, I have had people who have written or called and said, pray for this thing to wipe us all out, to clean up this mess. And I'm like, oh, oh, I hear you. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to pray for that, but I'm, you know, I hear you. And, and I think what we need to do is what the robe said, is think about the world you want to live in. Yeah. What are we going to create? Because we're going to create something following following whatever happens. We're going to create something whether the U.S. falls apart or not. We're going to create something. A few te technical problems. Um, okay, this is something else. To help you make it through the coming transitions, you must realise several things. First, there must be an awareness that the changes are upon you. Second, the changes will be extensive. No area in life will remain untouched. Third, if you prepare properly, you can... Transform yourself and all the ways you organize your lives and your time without undue suffering. We consider undue suffering to include being hungry, cold, sick, and under attack. Those who resist the changes and refuse to let go of their present way of life will likely suffer and will be choosing to suffer unnecessarily. If you have at least a rough idea of what the future looks like and how the humans, uh, how humans is meant to evolve, you will not be afraid. Leaders will arise to help you through these transitions. And if you are paying attention, you will recognize them and the wisdoms and solutions. One of the things that I posted on Facebook today is in old societies, it was the job of the shamans, yogis. And you've got this word that says groit, groit, what's that? It's like artists, musicians. It's not a word I've okay. heard before. Griot, G-R-I-O-T, that's okay. an African shaman. Okay. That's the word that Africans used in their ancient days to designate their very advanced, awake, aware um, medicine men and shamans. Yeah. Real. Uh, members of groups continually uh, recreate themselves to help groups as a whole transform their visions of life into meaningful action in the everyday routines in your society and in many places around the world and the earth new leaders and teachers will arise when and where needed to help you transform yourself and access new visions so they're saying here which is so interesting because like 20 30 years ago when i was teaching a healing we used to do all sorts of things like go into the akashic and do readings and stuff like that and this information came through exactly like that it's talked about the healers of the future will not be the doctors with the shingle on the door. It'll be right. the, 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 the <laughs> yeah. you know, the yogis, the artisans, the musicians, the creatives, the artists, um, the singers, songwriters. It, they will be the healers of the future. They will be working with frequency and sound and art and beauty. And, and um, I remember thinking, oh, cool. And now I'm living that in, in Sydney. <laughs> sound mm -hmm. you know people drumming and dancing and sound healers and it's unbelievable the explosion of these new teachers or leaders what's going on mm -hmm. 
So it makes me think that so much as this is rising up and, um, and the, the hippie movement, I don't know about the rest of the world, but here in Australia, like has resurged and so many of the young people all want to go and live on the land in community, which talks about the family structures that the robes were talking about, you know, moving into these family structures. Oh my yeah. God. So it's happening as they, yeah. as they spoke about, uh, it's probably not happening enough, but it's happening. It will. And um, I've had a, quite a few people who have said, we're trying to make a community. We're trying to get the family business neighborhood set up. And I'm like, wait a minute, don't, don't spend a lot of time and effort because it's a little ahead of what you need to. The, we actually formed those family businesses, family business neighborhoods, um, because we needed to, because that was the only way to survive. You couldn't survive alone. Mm-hmm. And so it's coming. And people um, who get, who try to get away from, I'm going to call the responsibilities of everyday life, people who um, are trying to move into those communities often have a kind of a skewed idea of what life should be like, and they don't want to take responsibility for making a success they're running away from something not running to something oh absolutely absolutely and this is what i've seen in my life so many i was having this conversation with this beautiful young person a few months ago so many communities are are forming and then just falling apart because everyone's fighting with each other like everyone says there's like the control drama who's the boss no one's the boss it's a community but nothing's getting done and and it's like i just feel like the consciousness is not this this self-responsibility this radical self-responsibility is what we all need to really get with the program it's it's not about who's going to fix it for me it's like how can i take responsibility for creating the the reality that i want to live yeah yeah, there's a point in the future where people cannot get into a community if they don't have evidence of something they can produce or offer because they're not taking on any extra people unless those people contribute mightily to whatever you know the goals of the group are. And the main goal is survival, but you have to have skills. And there's so many people who do not have any skills of any sort. So they are learning the hard way that you can uh, you can fantasize all you want but when it comes down to like the robe said you shouldn't be cold hungry or under attack then that's getting pretty real yeah now this is what i want to know so they came back to you uh a few years ago and they said they were called the russia shani right russia how did they say that you know i don't know that those were the same um rashani i had gone to bed asking you know gone to sleep got in bed and and i forget what exactly i asked for but some help or something and I was awakened in the night and I was as if I were not in my own bedroom because the walls were like miles away. And as far as I could see, there were these figures and they were all 
um, the, you know, they had this kind of, I'm going to say almost like a music about them. There were tones or there were some sort of sound. And I remember, you know, sitting up and saying, who are you? <laughs> what do you want? And they, because I'd forgotten that I had asked for help before I went to sleep, they probably showed up. And then when I acted like such a ditz, they, well, she doesn't know what she wants. You know, she, she's not paying attention. But um, they did say, we are the Rashani. You know, what did, what did you want? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I was still half asleep. And so afterwards, you know, I wrote it down. But then in the morning I thought, oh, I actually asked for some help, duh, and then I'm too, you know, sleepy and too foggy to be clear. So I haven't gone back to um, to ask anything about that. But just recently, um, I got a photo of a somebody's car registration license plate on their car, and the, the guy who sent it to me said look at this and it looked like the word was Rashani <laughs> and I was like oh wow look at that <laughs> they're here on the planet they're driving around in something <laughs> so but it, you know it was mostly just a joke but still it was a good reminder that um, there are some beings that are here to help us some that will help only under duress um, and I talk in in volume four about having written uh, met and having met someone who was doing the same work that I'm doing, which is trying to um, like figure out how to build a bridge or how to build bridges to a new world and you know what has to happen with that. What you know, the woman that I've been talking with. Um, and I have been told, both of us in our own way, okay, the new world is created. Now you have to figure out how to bring people to it. So I've been going there to visit and, and trying to figure out, okay, <laughs> um, how do we, what do I say? What do I do? Is it something I need to write? Is it, is it a meditation? that I need to develop? What will build a bridge? Do I just talk about it and somebody else figures it out? So I've been working along those lines with several different groups and each group is working on different issues. And some of those issues are, um, I'm gonna say uh, down to earth kinds of things. So one of the groups in Australia is, has been meeting and talking about okay um this new, on this new earth what do we want and so one of the very first things they ran into was a whole issue of sex so they decided there's not going to be any sex because that just buggers up everything and i just laughed i thought well good luck with that <laughs> so good luck yeah with that. <laughs> yeah uh, you know questions about food questions about how do we think about work um, some of the groups have um, considered, you know, do we need to set a level of consciousness? Well, how are you going to do that? Well, you know, so lots of, there's some work being done. And I started doing some more research, which I will probably write about in the future, but um, it's very incomplete at this well, point. Well, 
you know, years ago, Penny, when I was about 18, 17, 18, 19, I got involved with a group of people called the Raj Yogis. And okay. we used to do open-eyed meditation. And they used to talk about the new earth. They were doomsday people. They had a date. The world was going to end. And it was pretty, you know, this is going back 30, 35 years ago. It was wow. pretty close. It was pretty close to that time. And um, they used to talk about the golden age, the new earth, the golden age. But what, where I lost them was they would talk about things like, oh, there's just jewels and crystals and everywhere. And, you know, we're going to sort of like pick up these jewels and put them in our homes. Where are you going to place your diamonds and your rubies? And I was thinking, well, that's not the conversation I want to have. That just sounds like a whole lot of crap. <laughs> That's just another level of uh, greed and capitalism. <laughs> uh, just, just wasn't a conversation. I, but it was the first people that would, they were talking about reincarnation. And when I was seeking, you know, some common sense outside of the, the religions, I was yeah. uh, exploring a few people. Look, the doomsday came and went and the world didn't end. And then they had to reinvent themselves. And now they're called, um, they still exist. They have a different philosophy. They're still doing good work. But it's interesting that they had that whole story going on. Yeah, you know, the, the new earth and then the end of the old earth, which has been, it's in the Bible, you know, it's been throughout history, the, the destruction and then the new, right. the old age finishes and the golden age starts. Right. Um, as you were talking before, you've been to uh, a, we talked about it in the last show, you called it one of the heaven worlds, like an, yeah. like earth in a higher vibration where there is no, greed and corruption and illness and um so (coughs) excuse me (coughs) so the questions beg is this timeline evolving into that timeline or will this timeline kind of move into that whole destruction move back to more primitive ways and survival ways you know like how is it all gonna happen it's sort of I don't know. And I don't think anybody does know because we haven't decided. We hadn't, I think I'm coming to this slowly and I haven't tested this, but I think each one of us has to decide where we're going to be in the same way that we decide we're coming back here for more experience here. Uh, It's very, very difficult to make any kind of progress or to grow oneself without challenge. And so there are worlds that are very, very quiet, very peaceful. And people go there because they're wiped out, because they're tired, because they are recovering from some traumatic experience here. Right. But they don't stay there very long. They'll stay there for a time and then they'll seek out a physical world. Challenges. because Because the core energy, the core self, that's what it stays constant over time as you go from body to body to body. And that core self, you want to, I'm going to say, evolve the core frequencies or to replace some of those core frequencies. And you can't do that without any chance. We don't do that. You maybe could, but we don't. We don't even see where we need to make changes because we are so at peace and we're so you know um, content in some ways um you know just this last weekend i was teaching a dreams class and one of the people in the class was 
um, was talking about just wanting to be happy, just happy, where everybody's looking for happy. And, I, and I've heard this, you know, over and over for 40 years, as long <laughs> as I've been dealing with consciousness, people are seeking happiness. And they're seeking it to the exclusion of all else. And because they're seeking this happy, 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 they're missing where they're at. The richness of being here is the happy, the sad, the goofy, the confusing, the puzzling, the exciting, the, oh my God, what the heck is that? You know, the, all of that, the, the depression, the joy, it, that's what we come here for is that incredible range of feeling and to just be chasing happy all the time means that you're missing exactly where you're at and so and what happens when you see where you're at and just be there is that somehow it begins to transform yeah and, and you end up being in this pool of absolute and utter clarity mm. in which you hear exactly what people are saying. You see what people are doing. Most people behave like this. They hear something. It triggers something in themselves. They take what they heard and slap a new word on it with a new meaning and then get all upset. You said this. No, I didn't say that at all. You said that. I didn't say that at all. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. not really hearing what the individual is saying. They're only hearing themselves. Yeah. And, and they're caught in their illusions and they're triggered over and over by everything. And so they don't have any clarity. Yes. So, they can only hear their own subconscious belief system. They can't actually hear what's been yeah. spoken um you know years ago i did a personal growth course and one of the courses was um, communication coming from nothing which was powerful so you know when i see this in my conversation with my daughter she has some beliefs about me one is you don't listen you never hear me and so no matter <laughs> what happens between the communication she's constantly right. saying you're not listening mum you don't hear me it doesn't matter if i'm hearing her or not but that's the belief like she comes from this when i speak to mum she's not listening right so when okay. we have these communications with people we're coming from our beliefs about them he never listens uh -huh. to me he doesn't i don't i don't feel heard or so like having that communication coming from nothing like no agenda like no beliefs about who you're talking to. Yeah, it was, it was right. powerful. And uh, yeah, we've totally gone off track, but there we are. Yeah, well, that's okay. Let me just I, say something about yeah. that. Because when a child comes from this belief that you're not hearing them, what they're really saying is you're not responding the way I want you to respond in a way that will reinforce my belief. Yeah. So mm. they get all bent out of shape, and, you know, and they don't hear sometimes. You have to practice really hearing what are the specific words and what do those words mean to the person saying them, not to you. That if you're not, if, if you're all caught up in, you know, what it means to you, then you're not mm. really in a dialogue in which you're discovering another individual. And what makes them tick? Which I think that as we develop our consciousness 
our um, intuitive, empathic, psychic abilities, communication right. becomes totally different because it's not the words and what I believe about myself. It, you get this sort of like, you, you get the emotion and you're translating through emotion. So communication That's becomes, right. uh, you know, like telepathic communication. It's going to be a really different way of communicating. But I want <laughs> to go back. I want to go back because I was about to ask a question a while ago. We got, okay. you know, when the, the Roshani came to you again, like the little men in brown robes, have they not come back and sort of said, okay, we're 40 years on and you've done this work you know like this is this because we're creating all the time right so um there are literally millions and millions and millions of light workers et souls star seeds you know what you like you know you're one of them incredible teachers that have hit this planet to help evolve human consciousness which True. involves psychic ability and communication and feeling more connected and unity consciousness it's like it's everywhere it's, it's so have has not that work made some impact on the trajectory of where we're going in this particular timeline that's what i want to know so far no i mean there are people who are waking up we have more people who are awakened a lot of people who are awakened are really caught in what I'll call new age thinking. Um, and that thinking is just an extension of a lot of religious magical thinking. So it's not very helpful, but um, it's a step. It's a step in the right direction. Um, in terms of the rose coming back, I will share this. So October, last year, October 23rd, I went to bed. I was in the process of trying to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. And I see this bright light off in the distance. And it's moving toward me at a really fast rate. And I'm looking at this bright light, thinking, what is that? And it's coming right for me. And right in front of me, there's this archway this bright light's coming toward me and it comes right up to me and what I see is here's this being and it was not human and and the the body had these oh, I'm not even sure what like these waves of light coming out of it every color absolutely stunning and I'm looking at this with, you know, these fingers of look like plasma light, reds and blues and greens and yellows and pinks and oh my gosh, gold. And, um, and it's framed in this archway. And it just had one thing to say, you are going to be reactivated. And then poof, he was gone. And I was like, by this time, I'm like wide awake. And I sat up and I wrote it down and I also drew a picture of what he looked like because it was, he was, his nose was pushed in and there was a whole bunch of wrinkles up his nose and up his forehead. And I couldn't see the eyes very clearly. They were like somewhere in the wrinkles, <laughs> but um, I, it was just after for about two or three days afterwards, I felt like I had my finger in an electric socket. Uh -huh. It was like, okay, he did what? What? Yeah, activated for what? <laughs> no answers, no information. 
Um, but my thought was, okay, all right, we'll see, you know, what happens now. I haven't had any experiences since then, except for the, I'm going to say the deepening, uh, what feels like the deepening of consciousness. And I'm forever trying to, um, I, it's hard to describe, but once you have become familiar with what your energy field feels like at any given time, you can feel when it's active, when it's coherent, when it's incoherent, when it's quiet. And there's been a lot of effort on my part this last year to um, keep it quiet, to, to keep it from interfering with all the electronics that we have. Um, so that's just a little story. Things happen in consciousness from time to time. We don't always know why. And uh, my thought was that there's there's some kind of new phase that we're entering into, not just me, but for the planet itself. And that that um, reactivation was geared somehow to match the frequencies of the planet and the rest of the solar system. So I'm not really sure, but that's uh, my best guess at this point. <clears throat> Reactivated. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I hope they reactivate me. <laughs> yeah, I have had a very great deal, a lot of difficulty sleeping this last year um, and have just recently thought, is that what, it, right after Kundalini, when consciousness wakes up, you know, you don't sleep, you are awake because consciousness is so awake mm. that you just don't, do not sleep. You, you can go to bed and you'll be in an altered state in one reality or another all night mm -hmm. and that's how it's been for the last year and and i have you know i've learned from way back in the beginning of kundalini you don't say you're tired you don't think about being tired you don't tell yourself you're tired you don't say you need more sleep um every day you're reaffirming that you feel totally rested and that when you get out of this bed, whether you slept at all or not, um, you are going to be totally rested. And so I think just last week or the week before, it was five nights in a row where I was totally lucid all night. And those are problem times if you don't have the experience of how to manage your the cellular consciousness that you are. They have to be that cellular consciousness needs sleep and you will sleep when you really need it but the question that i've been asking is um you know why is it that i'm needing less sleep mm. recently mm. what's happening is that part of that reactivation mm. i don't really know so. mm. yes <laughs> but it's actually been in this last year that i have that's when I started revisiting the new earth to see what I could figure out in terms of how do we get there? How do we connect to that? Um, you know, you asked earlier, well, how, how do we work all this out? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's a trilogy out that helps you get your mind around that. It's called Birth, B E A R T H, like the birth of the new earth. Um, and it's very good. And it's 
um, it helps to build an understanding of the possibility of moving to a new earth and what that might look like, act like, sound like, etc. I think there's, a few, you know, unlimited possibilities of where we could go. And, yep. um, you know, so many people have different ideas. In robes, it talks about the family units and then coming more back to, you, you, you were taken to the year 2413 and you saw right. your future self. And um, you said that the cities had all disappeared and then these family groups had, had um, sprung up and, and families were not necessarily blood related. They were just communities you know, communities, right. communities and, but they all sort of thought of themselves as family because that they all did for each other, like you would do in a family, uh, right. sort of like mum and dad and the two kids, you know, everyone's working together and, um, but you're working maybe in a group of maybe 200, maybe 2000. Yep. But I think that's one probable future. Like I still see, and Hollywood has depicted this, you know, I love my, um, um, you know, futuristic movies, that there are these great cities that are just really technologically advanced and, um, but it's all working, you know, it's not necessarily not working. So there's a few futures out there, right? There, you know, if you think about um, the future and the nature of the future and the possibilities we, I think more and more that the little men in brown robes were saying, you can create anything, but you have to like it. You have to make it work. And, and you have, it has to be something that you want. And I think that that's really an important piece. How do we, and they said, your best bet is to take the best of the old and the best of the new and put them together and you'll have a working future yeah. that you like and that you can be comfortable in and, and still continue to learn and grow. Yeah. They, that was just, a, you know, one of their bottom lines is that you're, you're creating it. Take responsibility and create it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, and some of the, um, somebody just sent me a, an interview that I had seen years ago by a fellow named Al Bielek, I, Bielek, Bielek, I think it was, or Bielek, I'm not sure how you say his name, but he was one of the people who was on the, what's the name of that ship, that, the Philadelphia. The oh, Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah. And he and his brother, uh, you know, anyways, long story short, they went into the future. This was 1940 something or other, and they went into the future of, of 1980, and then I think Al went further. He saw huge cities mm -hmm. that were floating, mm -hmm. and they were stacked up, and he was like, from an engineer's perspective, how is it that the stuff at the bottom is not being crushed by the weight of the stuff up top? But he said there were all sorts of people in the outback, people who did not want to be in those cities, not part of those cities, and who were very self-sufficient. And he didn't give a whole lot of detail, but my thought when I heard that was, wow, okay, look at all the options we have. Yeah. 
We have a million options. Yeah, and I think the robes paint a picture of one option. Um, they right. came to you 40 years ago and gave you a, a, a vision of the future, talking about the family units and the cities. It's just one option because there's so many probable realities out there. And, um, you know, I love technology and uh, I don't kind of want to go back to primitive times, but I think that I watched some silly movie the other day uh, I can't remember, but it was sort of like using tribal but technology at the same time. You know, you can sort of get oh. to the earth and still be like even your vision of the future in 2413, you saw this massive dome and there were all these plants being grown inside it, but the dome looked yeah. like made of glass, but it wasn't glass. It was a technology that we don't have in this reality that allowed it to be its own atmosphere. So the, whatever the weather was doing outside, there was this constant atmosphere inside and it had its own sort of ecosystem inside this dome. And anyway, there was this technology and the earth being used. And I, I just love all that. I just think that's so yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. Every so often I think about that. It was like a big greenhouse. Yeah. And phenomenal. And that was the that was called the kitchen garden. And that's the only food they had. There was no the kitchen had no cupboards. Yeah. <laughs> No like, supermarkets. We were completely no. in that in that vision of the future. Those families were completely self-sustainable. So there were no garbage trucks picking up garbage. No. There was no like infrastructure like we have here. Everything was self-sustainable, no. which is a vision many of the people have today that are moving into these communities. I know my daughter lives on a farm and the guy that has, he's trying to get a community happening, but he's so um, sort of Asperger's in his way that he can't, nobody oh. can live with him. Okay. Yeah. My daughter and his girlfriend or ex-girlfriend, there's just the three of them on this farm. But he uh -huh. has that vision of being completely self-sustainable, completely yeah. off the grid. He won't let you bring a packet of chips on the farm. Like he just, no plastic, no. Yeah. So yeah, he, that's his vision, right? But, okay. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But here's the thing to keep in mind, we need one another. And that's really an important piece. You can keep everybody away and be completely self-sufficient, but I think it would be a lot more fun and a lot more productive. Oh yeah. Working with people. Well, and, he wants to create community, but it's not happening because of Well, if he's not able to interact appropriately, then it's not gonna happen. Yeah, that's Somebody right. Else would have to create it. He could maybe be part of something. Yeah, yeah, but he's yeah. on the right track. Well, yeah, but yeah, 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 exactly. But you know, the, what's not sustainable on our planet is the way we're doing things. Something that um, when I read the robes and I think about what I think about all the time, like I go into the supermarket and I stand there and I see shelves and shelves and shelves and shelves of plastic. And I times that by every supermarket on the planet and then how that restocks its shelves every week. And mm -hmm. I think of all that garbage just going into mother it's just you know something's got to give because yeah. we've created this you know we've got this recycling thing but that's not working too in that there's so much rubbish that we can't deal with the recycling thing just can't be it's just not sustainable something's got to give yeah uh, i've come up with many ideas of how to deal with it but i'm sure that the higher beings or the et's you know, have other ways of dealing with it. There's so many highly evolved societies that, you know, they don't have any waste, but, and yet they still have these big cities 
and where you can go to supermarkets and stuff. But the waste is being dealt with, like this technology that's dealing, things are sort of disintegrating and not polluting, you know, yeah. anyway, it's... Um, yeah, it's really, it's really sad when you think of all the waste. Um, I remember back in the day when we went to the grocery store and my mother, the, the, it was this little bitty general store and my mother stood at the counter and told the guy behind the counter, I want a pound of this and I want a box of that and I want a jar of that and blah, blah, blah. And he would go and get all these things off the shelf. And sometimes you have to get on this ladder that rolled along and get something way up by the ceiling. And then we'd go to the meat market and she'd say, I want, you know, this cut of beef or that chicken whole and this one cut up and, you know, da, da, da. And the butcher would do that. And then we would go to the train station and get bags of flour, um, which came in pretty bags of cloth and, and you know, wheat and stuff like that. And then we had our own garden and huge orchard, um, et cetera. But um, all of that went away when the first Kroger store came out, the first big modern grocery store. And I remember going to that and just all of us, the whole family, it was like an excursion <laughs> and walking through and we were all just absolutely silent because we had never seen so much food in one place. And I think my mom wanted some milk and a watermelon. That was all she wanted because we had everything else. We grew our own food. And we came out of there, nobody said a word, it was like, Wow, <laughs> speechless, we were speechless. And then the general store closed and the meat market closed and all we had left was just the grocery store. And there was no more option to go back to the old way of doing it. Um, you know, we used to go to the lumber yard and pull our own lumber off the rack, um, get pounds of nails out of a big keg and go weigh them and buy them and take them home, et cetera, et cetera. We didn't have all the packaging. And then somewhere in the 60s, somebody came along and um, put poison in something. And all of a sudden everything had to be packaged and sealed and, and we started on this path that um, was, has been a major source of pollution ever since. Why? Because we don't trust one another. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so how do we tie all this up? I have to say, in the book, the fourth book, I've written yeah. down here. What did I say? Um, I loved the um, reality and joint venture was my favourite chapter. So you, <laughs> see, you go into. Um, Let's see. I think it's been the crux of this conversation: reality and joint venture. It's taking the focus off the what's in it for me to the what's in it for we you know it's, okay. it's yeah being um more uh unified consciousness more group consciousness more planetary consciousness than, yeah um, because everything that's happening on our planet that's destroying things the pollution it's all about the bottom line it's all about how much money can i make and then when i make it i can buy a bigger house or a boat or go on travels or you know it's just it's this consciousness yeah. of success and making money and right. regardless of how we're destroying our planet or the animals or each other you know um 
I think, you know, in terms of this chapter, I was just looking through it thinking, what did I say in that chapter? This is really when all of it came together, when mm -hmm. I began to realize all the pieces that I had been given over the years and how I just hadn't gotten it until that moment when it was like with this big shock, I realized the elves had the most potent of the messages. Everything else fed into that. And, and then I went through this whole shock of why would such an important message come through a group of elves, which could be so easily discounted. And, and yet at the same time, it was clear to me that they represented all of Mother Nature, and Mother Nature was desperately trying to get us back into relationship with her, with all of nature, not just what the elves represented, but with all of nature. Mm. And I think, you know, the, the robes, the very first vision that, that they, the very first thing they showed me was the planet was rolling back and forth and the oceans were going berserk and land was being wiped clean. And, and I just kind of poo-pooed that. Oh, that's just not possible. That's just not real. And, and then, you know, all of a sudden, here I am it, earlier this year, asking myself, why did they show me that? In the light of the solar micronova, that scene becomes huge. That insight into, look, this is what planets do. Are you ready? And their statement about if you depend, if you're depending on electricity to make your homes livable and to heat and air condition and to, you know, be able to communicate, et cetera, and grow food the way you've been growing, you're in for a very bad awakening. And, you know, and it just continued from there. I mean, they were not dramatic. They didn't force the issue. The robes just kind of put it out there. And I sort of went and skated right over it. Just, you know, not awake at all at that point. Even though I was struggling with Kundalini, I wasn't able to put anything together. And then the trip to the new earth, the three, four trips to the new earth, the beings of light who came and got me, I never had been able to place, why did that happen? Why did they show me that? What was the point? And all of a sudden realizing, oh, hey, I think, you know, I think that this is something that has to do with the new earth. We need to know that it's there and we can go to that. And, you know, I had an invitation to join that new earth way back when. And I was like, well, no, I have little kids. I got children. I can't do this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so there was that, and, and, and then other pieces falling into place. And so it, all of a sudden, all these pieces, the, the experience that I had on board the spaceship with the ETs, um, who I do have a relationship with, uh, and my oh, insistence. Have I heard that story? Tell us that story. What time is it? Tell um, us that story. Um, we've, had, we've almost been going for almost two hours. But we, yeah, well, we've had a lot of small interruptions. <laughs> Okay, I've had this relationship for a very long time, since since before birth. <laughs> so, which um, 
particular flavor, the greys, the, the, the uh, palladians, the, the palladians, the palladians, right. These are palladians. Right. So, um, so I had been being picked up, you know, and I finally got to a place or a point in my own development where I was no longer afraid, where I was actually curious and I started to get bold and wander around the ship and things like that. So, but that's, you know, just kind of some background. Okay, so then there's this, um, this one time I get picked up and I'm standing before this group of, of ETs and it's, they're questioning me. Mm-hmm. And, and they're asking, what have you done? And, and I'm <laughs> realizing that I, I knew, I mean, I did know that I had a mission to accomplish here and that I had sort of blown it off or put it off. Like I got a whole lifetime. I did not realize there was a deadline. The deadline was the Micronova. And, and so they were saying to me, it's too late. There's nothing we can do. And I was feeling a little bit guilty. And I'm saying, no, it's not too late. And they're saying, yes, it's too late. And I'm saying, what makes you think it's too late? We're just getting started. And you know, they said, you people have done nothing to help yourselves and we're not going to help. You, you haven't, you've continued, and they had all these things, you've continued to do this, you've continued to do that, you haven't developed yourself, you're not awake, and on and on. And I'm listening to all this and getting more and more upset. And um, long story short, um, you know, they said, they ended up asking me this fail question, which is, why do you think it's not too late? And they were asking it in such a downgrading kind of way. Um, and I, by this time I was thoroughly upset and I said, because I have raised teenagers and I know what it's like to give it up and to think it's hopeless and you have to keep going and you can't quit. And and because we're just getting started, it's more important than ever that you help us and you can't back out. And, And they were absolutely silent and they just continued to all look at me. I thought it, you know, they were, I, I didn't know what they were going to do. But then all of a sudden, the lead guy, the lead ET, just made this very small nod. And I was taken away to um, be given some further instructions elsewhere on the ship. And, and I remembered that whole experience. Um, but I didn't know, I didn't know why they had been saying it's too late. I just kept thinking, no, it's not too late. And it wasn't until I understood that the Micronova was due in the next 20 years that it dawned on me that it took me so long to develop my consciousness. And I had the help, the boost of Kundalini. It was just like, oh man we need to get on, get a move on and get it developing ourselves because it does take a long time and it, it takes a while to be able to access other reality systems. It takes a while to trust yourself. It takes a while to steady yourself, no matter what reality you're in. It, it just, it takes a long time. And I was suddenly afraid that it was too late 
And so at that point, I said in the book, hey, um, if you're interested and you're out there and you want to be part of the new earth, here are some things you can do. So yeah. I list 17 or 18 things that yeah, I the, thought would. The second half of the book is brilliant. The first half I, I couldn't read because it was just. Didn't like that truth, huh? <laughs> it's just too in your face. And um, yeah. Yeah. You know, like when I teach deliberate creation, people it was say, but there are these really uplifting. There was these atrocities <laughs> in this world, and I'm like, yeah, there are atrocities in this world that you can't imagine. You can't imagine the atrocities no. in this world, but do you want to put your focus there? Because is humanity's consciousness evolved enough or mature enough to look at the atrocities and not get swept up? in the drama of it. And you see, we've been presented atrocity after atrocity after atrocity after atrocity through our entertainment systems and news systems. And we, we're sort of hypnotized, like conditioned to like focus on the negative and then expand on that. You know, as we put our powerful focus on the negative, it expands, it expands, it expands. Right. So can we look at negativity from a higher consciousness and say, you know, like Shakespeare's play or children having fun on earth or, you know, like we are higher evolved beings that, you know, come to experience the drama and not get swept up in it. And Well, that's part of the process of evolving the consciousness. You have to know, here's the thing, the more you evolve, the more you know, the more you feel and the more tempting it is to feel totally overwhelmed. So what you do in response to that knowing of those atrocities is counter that and it becomes more and more powerful the more powerful the atrocity the more powerful the counter and so it's not a bad thing but you're right about people getting caught up in the atrocity or in the negativity or in the dramas that are presented um and then they end up they end up repeating that in everyday life they think yeah. that the normal it's not i don't watch movies i think i've seen five movies in my lifetime 10 10 movies maybe 12 now i watched the big short the other day twice i watched it twice because i really wanted to understand how that whole financial thing occurred and what was the thinking behind it um so it was very instructive but in turn, you're right about the fact that the more you focus on something negative, the more it expands. And that's not what we want. You have to know that you cannot have higher consciousness without knowing to some extent what's the ugly stuff out there because that forces you to develop your power. And then there does come a point down the road. So let me let me just say something encouraging here there comes a point down the road when you reach very high states of consciousness and you will not engage the negative at all yeah. you just will because the minute you do the the power of your own knowing could overwhelm you and you can't afford to do that and so you have this amazing strength to make stuff happen um that is really good yeah. so we're we have a long way to go we have a long way to go we but, do have a long way to go and do we have the time to develop it like i remember in school think talk, learning science and talking about the how 
earth will renew itself but that was thousands of years in the future so we didn't have to worry about anything and now the conversation is like it might be eight years away um, is that a possibility or is it thousands of years in the future where earth will renew itself i, I don't know i don't know yeah all i know is that we are in a shift and um you know what's happening in our politics i didn't get into half the stuff i wanted to talk about i was going to talk about tax and democracy and all the stuff that you go into um in the books that was fascinating but people have to read it uh what's yeah. my train of thought there's just so many things to talk about penny but um i know this is really true um you know i think in terms of let me just say something about democracy um you you don't really have anything if you just have a democracy if you don't have a republic then you you're never going to be able to maintain democracy because a republic is a structure that guarantees that it will protect the rights of the individual a democracy starts out well ends up being mob rule yeah. whoever's in power that's what they say and they're changing the rules and they're changing the laws to suit themselves and and that's how you get revolutions and all of that and so i think people talk a lot about democracy because they don't understand that that's not enough yeah there has to be a republic exactly and so these systems that we've got in place that we've been upholding as the right way Mm -hmm. I think the chaos that we're seeing in the political arena is all a part of a creative process, which is a destructive process. Like we spoke about yeah. last time, you know, we create, there's two powers, there's creative energy and there's destructive energy. And the more positive your thought, the more power you have to create what is wanted, something new, something different, something better. And the more you focus on the negative, the more that focus destroys what is already creative. Right. what is already created so what we've done is we've created democracies and power struggles and, and corruption we've created all that you know like we've been focused with and i think that all that is in flux and it's all being destroyed and it's sort of chaos yeah i think we need to see that we're moving into a whole new paradigm and i'm so excited about that new paradigm it's like oh i can't wait I, the, the new everything, the new education system, the new medical system, the new engineering, the new energy, the new communication, the new money, the new forms of governance. I, we are in for a treat, but we have to begin to think more deeply about what we want. Otherwise, somebody's going to run it yeah. and we're just going to be like bugs on the floor. Whoops, I stepped on a bug. Oh, sorry, too bad yeah it's we have to we have to get excited about what we have the potential of coming into and if we go into that potential you know and we're only half present it's not going to be as good as it could be the things i've seen in the future lots of options you're you're right about there's a concept in science called superposition mm. which states everything exists in all possible conditions right. in all possible states so you could tweak your world to be anything you want however you want it to be but if you if all you're doing is reacting and you're not creating consciously then you lose a lot of power and there's a lot of distortion in the in what you end up with yeah 
everything exists in all possible states. That's right. Everything so exists what state do we states. want? Yeah. So where you put your powerful attention, your powerful focus, that's what you'll create. So what are you looking at? Where I mean, you know, the name of the show is called Accentuate the Positive. It's not called <laughs> Be Positive. It's called Accentuate. It's like, what are you accentuating? Where are you putting your focus? That's right. And um, I think that that's probably the most important message of all of this. You know, like, what do we want to create? Right. I, I don't know if the supernova is going to happen or not. Lots of people are talking about it. You're talking about it. Um, all I know is that what is in place, what we've created needs to change. Maybe it needs yeah, to change. Yeah, I'm busy working on a planet that doesn't have a supernova. So <laughs> yeah. it's like, what's wrong with that idea? <laughs> exactly. Or maybe the supernova happens in a couple of thousand years. I don't know when yeah. um, it needs to, because I don't know. Yeah, but focus on what, yeah, what you want to create. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and that brings up something else that I've said a couple of times now. If you, let's say the supernova is going to happen and we all get wiped out. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And so now you've got no body. All you've got is a consciousness. That consciousness has to be steady enough and strong enough and coherent enough to hold itself together for at least three or four hours because when you do that, you will create another body. And you will create that body in a world that is pretty close to the consciousness you're holding. So I think we have the supernova or, or the micronova to think about as sort of a kick in the butt to say, you know, let's develop the consciousness. So even if we get wiped out, we end up being able to hold ourselves together and step right into another reality system that's a little closer to what we like, period. Mm, 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 mm. And if we are going to be wiped out in a few years, maybe it brings that whole point back to what I talked about with Jim Self on the show a couple of weeks ago. It's like just being in the present moment and enjoying the now as it is, like oh be here gosh, now. Yes. <laughs> not worrying too much about the future and supernovas, but just a, maybe a supernova comes in eight years and wipes out the planet or whatever, changes everything. But are we enjoying this present moment while we're here? And, right. and the higher the consciousness in this present moment, as you say, no matter if we die or we lose this body, you know, our consciousness creates the next the next moment, whether we're in a body or not. Like our consciousness is creating what's happening next that's in right the body out of the body that's yeah right so we'll have plenty of signals if the micronova is going to happen we'll have plenty of signals we might not have a lot of time but we might have several years once we see those signs to say okay i need to reinforce my basement <laughs> or something um you know whatever or get whatever supplies on hand or seeds or wood stoves or whatever, we'll have some time. Mm -hmm. And it's been my experience that when people put their minds to something and they work together, miracles happen. Absolutely. Absolute and utter miracles. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. We've come up to two hours now. I wanted to say when you had that, when you told me that story about um, the ET saying, no, it's too late. I just kept thinking about that movie, 
the day the earth stood, stood still. Have you seen it? It's been made a couple of times. There's been a no, remake. No. It was like an old 50s version and then there was one made probably about, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. It's about the ETs coming and saying, you humans have not stewarded the planet. We're going to destroy you. And it's the discussion oh. about humanity. And, you know, this guy has this discussion. I think it's Keanu Reeves has this discussion with a scientist and the scientist says humanity only changes when it's pushed to the brink of um, annihilation. And then he says, no, humanity can change. Like it's arguing for humanity changing. <laughs> or maybe Keanu Reeves is the ET. Yeah, I think he's the ET. Anyway, it's a very interesting movie. <laughs> Okay. It's, it like talks about what we've talked about in this, but do we need to be pushed to the brink of destruction before we change? And that can be personal and collective. Or can we just change because we want to change? Like we can. Because, yeah. We can, but will we? Do we? Yeah. Do we have a history of doing that? You know what? I have to say that people actually need permission to change. And I don't know where that permission comes from. It comes from inside the self. It comes from family saying, no, he's not crazy. He's working on our future or <laughs> she's not crazy, you know, or whatever. But, or maybe the government saying, hey, this is what's happening. We need to get ready, whatever. But th that permission, I'm, I'm just going to say to people, give yourself permission to begin to prepare for the world that might happen and there's no losses in that because then you're prepared for war, you're prepared for natural disasters, you're prepared for grand solar minimums, you're prepared for everything. So, and it's, it ends up being common sense. Mm. Yeah. So why not just go with your common sense? Give yourself permission to do something outside your usual box mm. and to see outside your usual box. Mm. Oh, Penny, thanks so much for this amazing conversation. There's so many things that um, I didn't discuss, but there's so much to discuss. Yeah. Well, I would recommend that everyone read, read The Robes because um, yeah. there's so much, you know, regardless of the trajectory of their future, there's just so much wisdom in it about consciousness and, uh, you know, about frequency. The movement of space creates frequency, also known uh, creates waves also known as frequency it's our ability of frequency to self-organize uh, that results in individuals yeah we're just you know frequent organized frequency we are yeah. frequencies yeah and um, what does it say here anyway the person the tree the bird or a planet it's just a bunch of organized yeah frequencies yeah that's so, right um, we yeah. are self-organizing self-organizing yeah yeah and so is everything else i mean you can take a hand and cut down a tree and use the wood to make a chair or a table or a bed or whatever but that wood is essentially self-organizing and it heals itself if it gets hurt or struck by lightning or same with a plant same with an animal same with a, a cut on your skin we are self-organizing and we reorganize when we're disturbed mm -mm -mm. So any last thing to say before we go? <laughs> I think probably what I would say would be get excited about the possibilities of our future. Think deeply about things. Think for yourself about things. Don't just swallow what's coming down the media pike. Um, that is just not going to be helpful. Um, you know, what, 
what sort of financial system do you think would make sense? What sort of meta, and if you've never worked in finance, maybe you're not interested in that, maybe you're interested in gardening. What sort of food system do you think would make sense? What would make you secure? Same with medicine, same with education, same with transportation, communication, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we have to start investing in our future and it starts with a little bit of time and thinking. So begin. <laughs> Penny Kelly, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, you're welcome. It was great to be here. So we'll cover all the uncovered stuff next time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. What an amazing conversation with Penny Kelly. We spent two hours. We had so many tech difficulties. Sorry about that. Anyway, hopefully I'll sort that out in the editing of this. But um, yeah, Penny and I were just talking about hatching a plan for next year to uh, do some teaching about consciousness, about frequency, about how we flow our energy, deliberate creation teachings, I call it, consciousness teaching, she calls it. But yeah, the most important thing on this planet uh, for humanity now is to expand their consciousness. So that means to um, expand your psychic awareness, your telepathic, your empathic uh, awarenesses, all your intuitions, you know, your, um, your clairs, your clairvoyance, your clairaudience, your connection to your guides, because that is what is going to save us all. You know, if there is this doomsday thing out there, it's that expansion of consciousness, that, that feeling more connected to each other, feeling more connected to the earth, feeling more connected to all the beings that are on the planet as well as off-planet beings and feeling more unified, this unification of, human, of humanity. We've played in the polarity and the separateness and we're, we're shifting to a new, you know, we can come back if we want to reincarnate back into this, you know, to have the, the games that we were talking about. <clears throat> we want to experience war and fighting and separateness and all the challenges that earth offers. We can do that. But where we are in this time, in this reality, on this timeline is a shift in human consciousness. So I was just talking to Penny about how much money goes into charities, give so much money to cancer councils and um, drug companies to develop new drugs for disease and healing and if we developed our consciousness we'd understand how to heal ourselves how to change realities how to shift the molecules of our body we wouldn't need drug companies and we wouldn't need to suffer and go through chemotherapy and oh gee yeah so next year january we're going to start some courses maybe do um, go through the robes talk about the stuff that's in the robes uh, six-week course in next year anyway we've got to sort out the details of that and um, yeah evolve let's evolve this consciousness thanks again for watching I'm exhausted after all that. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a long morning for me <laughs> there's just so much to read in the book I would have a read of the robe you know uh, book of coming changes and um, all her books really on consciousness Coming up is Kevin Briggs is going to come back on the show. He's got something to tell you all about next year. And who else is coming on the show? Ah, another beautiful woman called, um, let me have a look. What's her name? Oh, Jamie Butler. I talked about her uh, show with Burnett Penny, Burnett Sherman. She's going to come on the show. She channels Seth or Setha as she calls them. And, um, Oh, a few people, beautiful music musicians.
coming on the show to talk about sound and music and consciousness and light language and all sorts of things. So stay tuned. Penny Short is coming up in the Inner Sanctum. We're going to talk about energy and energy healing, more of that consciousness expansion. And also Courtney Beck is coming into the Inner Sanctum in December. She channels Isis and Krishna and all the masters. So we'll quiz her about the coming changes as well. It's good to have this collaboration, cooperation between teachers about what's happening, where we're going and what to do now. So thanks again for watching. I love you all. See you next time. Big love.